Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you once again for your support. I say it every time, because this platform is dedicated to industry professionals all around the world. We celebrate you here. You're helping me learn more. You're making my life better because you're bold, brave, you dare greatly, you collaborate like the guy here next to me, Ian, and you're solving problems and you're making the world a better place. That's why we celebrate you because you are heroes. Okay, you can, there's no buzz buzz. It's really wrapping up. This is the OMG meeting. This is the fourth quarter meeting and it has just been a great event and it is a collection of really intense professionals focused on solving problems, industry problems, and everything else in between. They just have these conversations just because. In the hot seat, we have a gentleman by the name of Ian Stavros. Stavros. Yeah, Stavros. Stavros. All right. And the company is Jackrabbit Consulting, and uh, we're going to just talk about, you know, this event and all the stuff that's going on. Hey, Ian. How you doing? Doing pretty well. It's been an enjoyable conference so far. When did you arrive? When uh-huh. did you arrive? I arrived Sunday. So oh, I've you've been, been here you know, for a little while. Yeah. I, usually Sunday's a nice time to arrive because you get to go to the bar with a couple of the older people and, you, and learn from them. Did you go across to that one, uh, that bar that, or that... La Condesa? Uh, yeah. No, unfortunately, they were all booked. We decided to go too late. But we ended up at Italia North, which is actually pretty good food. So really? if you're in Austin, Texas, check out Italia North. And, and it was just Italian fare? Yeah. Maybe tonight. Maybe yeah. that's what I do because I've I've had my brisket. I've had my uh, south of the border food. Right. So I, let's uh, let's do something international like that. That'd be great. All right, for the listeners, let's level set. Ian, give us a little background on who you are. Uh, my name's uh, as as introduced, Ian Stavros. Uh, I got went to West Virginia University for undergrad uh, as a D one athlete, swimming for the team there, and I worked on my swimming's hard. Yeah, it can be. For sure. Oh, I sink like a rock. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, and I got there and I went and I got my biology and computer science degree from there. And then I went off to OHSU to get a master's in bioinformatics. And then uh, after that, or in between that, I jumped in and joined OMG uh, and have gotten to learn a lot from the people here. It's, it's a humbling experience all the experience these guys have. Yeah, but, but again, we've been talking about it, and I think that there's this sort of mentor side that, that they've been part of OMG for, what, 30 years, right? And they've seen it all, and they've just sort of been on that journey. But then there's this necessity to also bring in some youth that brings a different perspective, no, without a doubt, which is important because even just like in organizations like this and others, you start finding there's this culture, this rhythm that happens, and we need to sort of shake that up sometimes. Just Yeah, the, you know. my father and a couple others have a running joke that it's also known as the old man group. <laughs> so we're... If- I'll just... I, I don't support that, by the way. <laughs> but I do support... It's, uh, it's, it's full of really smart people. Yeah, it's definitely full of smart people. And if you have a young guy that's working for you that you feel like really knows his stuff and can contribute to the world, get them out here because they're going to learn a lot from these guys and be able to actually make an impact in the future. So when I was a lineman, long time ago, long time ago, climbing towers, uh, I was a part of an apprenticeship program. And there was no way that I was going to be a journey. I had to go through that process and learn from 
the individuals that are there and, and be able to do it yourself. And, and I agree with that 100%. Now, you're, you're, you're part of it. You, your dad was a part of this? Yeah, my dad's been a part of it for over 20 years, and he had this idea where he was working with Mars and working on DDS, which is a technology used for the interoperability of military vehicles, uh, automated vehicles, yeah. and space travel. Um, and so he wanted to do, show a case, an idea of being able to use that over the web. Um, and so he got me and my friend involved, and then we jumped from that, which led into a DARPA-funded research grant, which led into the company that we're trying to start. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I've had a number of conversations while I'm here. I have not had any conversations around Mars or blockchain, even though I know, I know more about well, I don't know if anybody really knows too much about blockchain. Maybe you do, but not me. I try, and I, and I pretty much jettison real quick. Can you sort of take us through the the, the Mars group? What is that about? Um, it's just a bunch of middleware services. There's Corba. Uh, some of the major things that have come through have been Corba or DDS, and they work on making sure that that standard or that interoperability is going to be there. Uh, there is no concept of one's going to rule them all there. It's about working together to make sure that the technology is meeting up the standards and it's going to work interoperability because some of them are actually better at solving one problem versus another, but they're not going to be the total solution that you need. So you actually need that. Uh, interoperability in order to get that full-fledged system you're actually looking for. Um, for some of the listeners out there, can you sort of just define for us what middleware is? Um, that's a tough topic. I'm, you know, here at the standards, you can say one thing, and then someone will disagree and have. Well, a, a you're, you're on this too. podcast, so whatever yeah. you say, uh, <laughs> I will probably go. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well. Maybe next next session there'll be some people who can define things better than I can. But it's basically just the software that runs in the middle between um, one uh, the the technology, the hardware, and the people on the other end, and making sure that that stuff can communicate and work together. See, there's just so many things Ian, that that the masses, me included, just FYI, we we don't know. We just don't. We just take it for granted. You know, you got your cell phone. We just take it for granted. There it is. But there's mad tech and mad so, and a lot of debating and a lot whatever gnashing of teeth, and and uh, we just take it for granted. And and that goes for middleware. Is is the the world <laughs> the world of middleware? Is it changing? as dramatic as all the other stuff that's going on? I mean, I mean, everything seems to be changing. Everything, everything's changing. Well, it's really hard about the spec world is, you know, something will be in work for 20 years. Yeah, you know? see? So this, this DDS stuff that's just still on the cutting edge has been around for 20 years, and they're still hammering out uh, problems and improvements and making sure that, you know, the technology is going to work the way that you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, because all of a sudden it was like uh, COVID, and then all of a sudden everybody became a supply chain expert because, well, I don't have my my paper towels. What's uh, what's going on there? Oh, it's it's supply chain. I don't like this supply chain. What's going on? And now I'm a you know it's it's when <laughs> yeah you, you if if nobody knows it's happening, you're doing it right. Yeah, thumbs up. Right. So as a member of Mars. Are you? I mean, are you just soaking it up? To connect to what you're saying, one yeah. of my favorite parts was a yeah. Futurama episode where Bender became God, and he <laughs> finally meets God, and yes. God says, "If you're doing it right, no one knows you've done anything at all." There it is. Right there. I like that one. That's that's spot on. Um, so, 
how long have you been a part of OMG anyway? Um, I came in in 2014. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, now, so I came in right how after old my are undergrad. You? I'm 32 years old. Holy cow. I know, you were I, just right out of school. Yeah, right out of college. That And they were willing to, you know, take my input. I shut up for most of it because I want to absorb what these people have to say. Oh, my um, God. But, yeah, I've learned a lot over the years. I can't even believe I've been around for a part I'm of the man. All of a long. sudden, you're one of those old guys. Yeah, I'm starting to become one. Um, <laughs> the... One of the cool stuff is uh, when I was first coming in, they were telling me about the heyday of the DDS, and they were starting to get really rowdy, where they started to get aggressive and fists were thrown. And but that's the world, you know. You have to make sure that the the stuff is done right. No doubt, you're you're absolutely, and, and I'm thankful for that because I'm just like you know, I'll just gloss over. Yeah, it looks fine, but that's just not how you really instill trust. There's a lot of trust that. Is res- you're responsible for because once you start to release it into the the world, people depend on the fact that you did your part, your due diligence. You you know you debated it and, and you came to the conclusion that that was whatever the best approach. That's a, that's a that's a heavy thing to carry. It's yeah. important. Tell us a little bit about the blockchain side. So we got Mars and now blockchain and and. Yeah, just tell us about that. Yeah, so the blockchain piece started to come out around, I think, 2018, right? Yeah, As, yeah. you know, the the advent of everybody really starting to wonder what it was. And when we first started, there was a really big interest. Um, however, there's this kind of a libertarian bent in the in the cryptocurrency liberta- yep. uh, blockchain world. And so, you know, they're really resistant to the idea of standards. So when we first started, everyone was like, oh, I still think it was too early for us to start talking about standardizing things. And it was, well, no, this technology has been out since 2008 at least. And actually, I just learned, uh, I went to a conference right after the September quarterly to, uh, to the Government Blockchain Association. And they said that the first example of blockchain was actually done in, I think, 1989. And I was pretty oh, yeah, oh, I, you know, there's, I, there's no test on it, so I, I'm going to have right. to just trust you. So, you know, the technology's actually been around a lot longer than people have realized. And, you know, there is... There is a need for us to sit down and start talking about, like, hey, what are the commonalities? What are things that are problems? So one of the things that we just passed just now, actually, a couple minutes ago, was the first electronic RFI system for um, the OMG, which is basically just an online survey. But it's a really extensive system, and then we're looking at trying to understand the industry's perceptions of smart contracts, the problems that they're dealing with, where like what are they using in terms of what's preferred and stuff like that so we're really trying to dig into the understanding of the industry and where they think that it should go even yeah it's not going away no uh and and i i personally i've had conversations around uh, a private blockchain but to be able to have that ability to be able to um have confidence in the contracts have confidence in what's the transactions that are being taken place, but I, I, I think the struggle sometimes, and, it, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm the one that lacks the, the, the insights, is, is how do you truly, outside of the, the Bitcoin world, you know, how do you bring it into something that's a little bit more mainstream? I mean, there's a lot of use cases that are being used. Uh, blockchain is, first and foremost, not the silver bullet that some people who are trying yeah. to get involved yeah. are going to tell you. But it does have a lot of use cases. So um, 
in the medical industry, they're looking at using the blockchain to help improve the resiliency of your electronic health record system. Um, and now they can't put all of your information in, the, uh, in there because uh, within your lifetime, you're going to create 6,000 gigabytes of data just in your medical history. And if you multiply that across Not the me, world. I never go to the doctor. <laughs> and if you multiply that across the world, you're going to boil the ocean just to create for this resiliency. So the way that they're applying it is they're doing references to the data that's, low, that's stored across the industry or the different you know, per, uh, build, uh, medical facilities that are storing your data. And then that way they're able to per, uh, build up that resiliency without having to deal with the storage concern and energy consumption costs that are, are pretty prevalent but, within. Yeah. But what, what is, what's, what's, what's the business case behind it? Let's say, why, why is, well, well, like you said, there, there was this uh, push that it made it like, it's the silver bullet, it, it will ensure whatever. And, and it's just sort of lumbers along sometimes. Well, you know, part of it is also just getting that hype. You know, it's really hard to sell a new technology, especially... Like IoT. Right. Super hypey hype. Right. I mean, without without the hype, you're not going to actually get the interest that builds the, like, actually getting it involved. Right, right. Um, I know there's another company I won't bring up the name because yeah. I don't know I don't have the permission but they were saying that the way that they found the best use case for blockchain for them was consensus they found because uh, consensusizing all of their data across their industry is really difficult but with this system there it's the fastest way that they can end up uh, getting that consensus for what they need to end up doing for their businesses that's interesting yeah and, 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 and you're compressing that uh, time down because sometimes consensus and, and striving for consensus takes in the old way. As you can probably hear in OMG, it takes a little while to get consensus over oh, things. Oh, yeah, you for know? sure. And, you know? and if you're not – and from the business side, if all of your stuff's not on the same page, it can be disastrous for the company in terms of financial loss or, um, you know, PR nightmares. See. But the other thing is that, uh, it, let's say I'm a, I'm a manufacturer, and I, um, I hear all of this. I, I'm, on, I'm Googling stuff, right? And I'm, getting, I'm the, the leader of this manufacturer, and I'm Googling all this stuff, and I'm just getting inundated with stuff. Inund in a confused mind doesn't make a decision. It's just I'm, I'm more apt to be confused. Because yeah, information do I, overload. Yeah, it is. Uh, do I need to go over here and digitize this, or do I go over here and... Put a device out there. I know that I have to manage my asset, but then I pull it, and, and, and you're creating anxiety in me when I already have a business that's right. creating anxiety. Well, one of the beauties of the blockchain is it actually can help the reducing of anxiety for things that um, are part of your supply chain world. So one of the examples was when Chipotle had their incidents where there was the E. coli breakout. They assumed it was meat because that's typically where E. coli came from. Then they did more research and they found out, no, that wasn't the case. Oh, it must be the employees aren't washing their hands properly. Then they found out, actually, on the very fringes of the farm, wild pigs were breaking in and pooping over the, the lettuce. Oh, wow. So it's, it's but a... But that took a long time. It, it, that didn't happen overnight. No, it uh, took a long... investigation yeah. took forever. And not only that, if you have, let's say, some of those mass recalls, the reason why they do such a mass re recall is they... They know, like, oh, it's from this general area. Therefore, to be safe, let's make sure we pull everything from that. But with the, uh, the blockchain, let's say you're transporting milk. You can track the data, and then you'll have a ledger that says, hey, this is the temperature that that milk has been in throughout the whole journey. 
So then if all of a sudden something like that bad happens, they can pinpoint and more uh, accurately pull back yeah. the product that is actually bad rather than wasting so much in order to make sure people stay safe. Tell us about Jackrabbit. What's that all about? Um, Jackrabbit was created by my father um, as after he left working um, as an independent or as a contractor for the uh, Navy. Um, and so he ended up just jumping in and doing a lot of cons like he calls it Jackrabbit Consulting. Um, and then, you know, so Jackrabbit Consulting is more of the, the standards body within our small group of, of employees. And then uh, we split off more on the product side is more data solutions. But the, the Jackrabbit Consulting has a lot of focus on standards and making sure um, that the standards are going to be easily understood and up to snuff just along with everybody else here at OMG. God, it never, never, never ends, man. No. So one last question before we wrap it up. You're, you're young. You're, you're comparatively. Young, I was just yes. getting ready. I was just getting ready, <laughs> but you've been around for a long time. So you're, you're sort of old. Anyway, um, is this a, uh, a profession? What I, and, and it's so, it's so broad and deep. I, I mean, there's just so many things. How do we encourage, um, young people, young professionals to see that this is important and uh, have a passion for it? Why do you have it? Um, I mean, I think, you know, in general... Outside of the fact yeah. that your dad branded it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, he kind of he kind of introduced me to the world, and, you know, it's been a, a great experience, but it is hard to sell because, you know, standards aren't this sexy topic where you go to the bar and everyone wants to hear what you're talking about. But, um, you know, if you're an individual or a young guy who really cares about the tech and making sure that things work the way that people are telling you they're going to work. This is the this is the place to kind of come and do it because you get the you got to talk to all these people from yeah. all these different in industries yeah. and they're going to want to listen to you, you know? Uh, you're going to be treated as an equal here. You're not just going to be someone who's like, "Hey, children are meant to be seen, not heard." Type they attitude. don't do that. No. They're willing to hear you and they want to hear your input because that's part of the process. Until you make a mistake and then they say, <laughs> "Get the heck out of here." Now we all make mistakes. <laughs> Good. How do they get a hold of you? Um, you can reach out to me through Dida Solutions or Ian at DidaSolutions.com or Ian at uh, Gmail.com, Ian Stavros at Gmail.com. Um, yeah, and I look forward to seeing some more young people showing up because, you know, help me out here. I'm drowning with all these old guys. I don't, I, I don't advocate that position. <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate it. And thank you very much. I really appreciate yeah, you being on you. this. Really Let's keep going. It. I want young people in it. I hit. No, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> thank you, my friend. All right, we're going to have all the contact information for Ian out on industrialtalk.com. So fear not. Reach out to this young guy. Um, you will not be disappointed. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right, another industrial talk conversation in the can. That was at the OMG. That was Q4. Austin, Texas is the location, and that was in. And uh, I'm looking at a stat card out there on my trusty computer of Ian. And, yeah, he's got mad skills. Yeah, he addresses blockchain. Yeah, standards all around that. It's going to happen. And probably the best part of the conversation that I can just sort of hang my hat on is that his passion to encourage 
younger professionals to get involved, the younger professionals to begin contributing to the standards that are that that we just take for granted that's out there, you know? We just take it for granted. And Ian is leading the way. He's the tip of the sword in making that happen. So if you're a young professional, if you're saying, I like what Ian was saying, then uh, I highly recommend that you go out to omg.org, get some information, be a part of the organization, start talking to some of these, these leaders in industry, leaders in technology, leaders in innovation, and then be able to sort of contribute and, and, and get engaged. I'm telling you right now, it's exciting. It's just, just for a point of reference, I've been doing this for about five years. I've seen such a tremendous change and difference in conversation all around industry, all around innovation. And it's being sort of led by people like Ian, right? Anyway, we're going to be doing a series on blinking F1 to industry. So be on the lookout for that. All right, people, be brave. Derek greatly. Hang out with Ian. You're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from OMG, one of the comedians right there. Shortly, so stay tuned.